The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Learn how to eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Once upon a time, in a land not so far away, but pretty long ago, a little girl came home from first grade and announced to her grandmother that she had learned the four food groups. They were the meat group, the dairy group, the bread and cereals group, and the fruit and vegetables group. Well, the grandmother said, there are people called vegetarians and they never eat any meat. And the little girl thought, I have so much to learn. I have a sneaking suspicion I'm not going to get all of it in school. And then her grandmother was saying, you know, I could take you to the Unity Inn and get you a hamburger made out of peanuts and you would think you were eating beef. And the little girl thought miracle shall follow miracle and wonders never cease. Well, I'm not really sure that everybody lived happily ever after, but you might imagine that that little girl was me. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran, host of the Main Street Vegan Podcast. And that Unity Inn, where the magical hamburger way back long ago even existed then and now, was at Unity Village, Missouri. That's the headquarters of Unity, which brings you this podcast and radio show every single week and so much other wonderful programming. And Unity Village is also the site of the first ever vegan spirituality forum and retreat happening the 1st of October, 2021. So on today's program, we're going to talk about unity. We're going to talk about a church in the Christian tradition that had strong vegetarian roots and was making veggie burgers before anybody had ever heard of them. And we're going to be talking about all these wonderful things with a Unity minister, Reverend Carol Saunders. She is ordained as both a Unity and interfaith minister, and she is the founder and spiritual leader of the Spiritual Forum, a dialogue-centered gathering 
podcast and Unity Ministry in Deerfield, Illinois. She is the author of an enchanting little book called The Forgotten Teachings of Charles Fillmore, How Our Relationship with Animals Connects to Universal Love, Ethical Living, Spiritual Development, and World Peace. And Reverend Carol, along with Lisa Levinson from Indefensive Animals and Judy Carmen, a wonderful author that we've had on the show, are in charge of this amazing retreat coming up in just a couple of, of months, several weeks from now. So we've got lots to talk about. Welcome, Reverend Carol Saunders. Thank you so much, Victoria. It's so wonderful to be here. I love talking about Unity, Unity's Roots, uh, the Fillmore's, and this retreat. Well, it's all wonderful stuff. It's as if seeds are planted, and sometimes they just grow up straight and tall, and sometimes they start that way, and then they kind of fall back a little bit, and you got to prune and <laughs> fix things <laughs> and, and bring them back. And I think that's a little bit of, of Unity's history with vegetarianism and, and with animal issues. And I think that's good in a way because some of us have those very sorts of checkered histories where we were sort of vegetarian and then a little bit vegan and then not much of either and then we try to come back. I think maybe that's the way things work on earth. So why don't we start today, Reverend Carol, with you giving us your history. Tell us a little bit about your own life. Oh, okay, sure. Um, yeah, I loved your storytelling. It's you're one of my favorite storytellers. Oh, I, love, I love that story. So inspiring. And I agree. I think we're all, um, unless we're raised vegan, which I think some people are blessed to be in that situation, but the rest of us go through this period of of awakening. And I've been thinking about awakening because it's one of the centers of my ministry. And I think I'll come back to that in a minute. But my story, was as a little girl, I was like most of your listeners, I'm sure, that that little one that had a little more sensitivity to life and the spiders and the bugs and kind of making the connection about slowly about food, what was on my plate. And I remember once, uh, you know, I was raised, you know, an omnivore household and my mom made, you know, turkey soup and spaghetti and, you know, roast and all of that. But I remember once being at a friend's house and she had a cousin over who were, who lived on a farm. And I remember her talking about, you know, the pigs and the cows going off to slaughter. And that was like such an awakening for me. I was probably, I can't remember, nine years old or so. And I just remember my heart sinking and like, how could, how could she live that way? And it wasn't a judgment as much as it was just a realization and so I think I kind of was very sensitive about animals, very sensitive about my cats and my dogs and any, any little creature that needed help that crossed my path, I would help it. And um, it, 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 wasn't, it took really until I was 15 where I just declared, I'm going to stop eating meat. And I think it was from the book, Diet for a Small Planet. And I think that was the first time I'd really been exposed to, this is a lifestyle. And even though no one in my world was living that lifestyle, I, I, that completely jived with me. I did not want to eat this flesh anymore. And so I, I just announced to my family, I'm not going to be eating eat meat anymore. And luckily, they just kind of were like, okay, you know. <laughs> so I, I managed to carve out that part of my 
my world with my family. And then I went to an agricultural college and that was kind of difficult. It was always hard to find the right foods, but I was a real slow awakener to veganism and it's kind of embarrassing, but I, I, I kind of like my story because it gives me so much compassion for everybody else's slow awakening because I went a long, long time, probably 1973 to, you know, 2000 and gosh, 10 or something like that before I turned vegan. And that, that was, wasn't as easy of a, you know, one day I was a mediator, the next I was vegetarian. The, the vegetarian to vegan took a little bit longer as I, I was, I had, you know, my, my, my whole diet were those foods. So how do I give all that up? So it took me a little while to do that. But that that was my awakening really came from the book Dominion by Matthew Scully. And I think I just really woke up to the realities of factory farming and factory fishing. And you know, it wasn't there there weren't happy cows that only had one bad day or happy pigs that only had one bad day. They had all bad days. And I remember spending time watching videos. I mean, I actually made myself watch videos of factory farms and slaughterhouse. And it wasn't to, it wasn't to inspire me. It was really to bear witness to what, what I have been a part of for all of these years. I, I could or watch like what was that. happening. In these and it was really and these thrilled to know that the founders of Unity were ethical vegetarians. And, open my and I did expect that to, to be a suffering. big part of and just the foundational really teachings feel, at Unity. You know, forgive me. And please forgive found me. That and, they were generally and, and I'm going buried to make this somewhere. Change. And so, so I, I do I feel inspired vegan. to it took me probably to, to hold the torch so to, really to resurrect these teachings I think it was and to bring them back to life at Unity. And that's, that's my so story. Cool. So, what uh, a religious tradition did you say grow this. up in as a Unity minister? Well, it's I was really excited really when I found Unity. I would say I grew up agnostic, and my parents would say I grew up Presbyterian. <laughs> but but I don't remember any churching. I don't remember talking about God. I remember having, you know, a Christmas tree and having a little advent scene. But uh we we were not we were not a family that was uh, particularly religious, I would say. And yet now you're a double minister. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, that's a God thing, you know. <laughs> It's so funny how that happens. I I was also that kid that always wanted to go to church, and I would go to church with my my uh, friends because their parents made them go to church, and I wanted to go to church. So I was always that seeker too, the spiritual seeker, and uh, probably finding the divine in life. I, I can't really say that I was so awake to that in my you know teens and twenty, maybe my twenties, as I was in my childhood, but. I think finding God, spirit, the divine, uh, knowing that there's something in me and and just knowing that I wanted to be close to it and understand it and and and, and align with it. I, I think that was just part of my my general psyche as, as a child, and it kind of carried me through. And so interestingly, though, in college, I was a chemical engineer and I worked I worked in the energy business for twenty years. So it's kind of like I was way off my path for 20 years. And, and, and when I left that, I actually found my spiritual self more or at, in the last, in the last few years, I'd, say I'd actually found my spiritual center more and I kind of came back to the animals as well. This is so interesting to me. My favorite poem is by Wordsworth and the title is so long. You're going to think it's the whole poem. It's called intimations of immortality 
from recollections of early childhood. You have probably run into it because uh, <laughs> Wordsworth was a wonderful <laughs> mystical poet. But yeah. he talks in there of how when we come into this life, we come, as he says, not in pure forgetfulness and not in utter nakedness, but trailing clouds of glory. Do we come from God who is our home? And then he goes on and describes how we get a little bit older and we get a little bit further so that by the time we're out there in maturity, we may have lost all conscious connection or desire for that kind of spiritual mystical thing, just like most little kids are so close to animals and we yes. tend to lose that in, in maturity. And yet it didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> and so it's there to be found as uh, you have described, you're finding it. And probably everybody listening to this has some recollection of that. So how did you find unity specifically? Oh, that was kind of interesting because I found myself in kind of a low part of my life. And I remember, I think I was probably in my early 30s, and I remember just saying, I just remember being in my office and saying, I surrender, you know, like I, I give up. <laughs> I give up managing this. I, my life isn't quite working how I want it to work. And I took a walk and uh, during my lunch hour and I came upon the book, Oh, it was a Marion Williamson book, uh, Return to Love. And that's when I got exposed to The Course in Miracles. And I thought, well, I don't know what this Course in Miracles is she keeps referring to in this book, but it sounds like it's something that groups in California would be doing. <laughs> and here I was in Houston, had no idea what it was. But then I came upon A Course in Miracles in a bookstore. And I started reading it, and I read it front to back. I read all, all the, the volumes. And then... I, you know, this is all serendipitous. I then, I ran into a woman who was part of the group that my husband and I joined the Presbyterian church in our early marriage. We joined the Presbyterian church and I ran into her at that same bookstore. And she said, hey, there's a unity church that's, that has a Course in Miracles group. And I'm like, really? I can't even believe a church would do that. So that's how I found the unity church. Cause I thought any church that was doing the Course in Miracles would be pretty cool. And so I went to my first unity church in uh, Kima, Texas and I just fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, they always say you feel like you've come home. Although I have to say, you know, with I, I think I think with most spiritual vegans, I think we find ourselves not belonging in most places because we can be at church, but nobody's really vegan. We can be with our vegans, but people aren't really spiritual. And so I really found a great home in the Unity Church. But my whole, you know, animal part of me, uh, even though I wasn't vegan yet, I was, that was still a big part of who I was, wasn't really um, nurtured there. But I very quickly got on the path of learning personal development and learning to be a unity teacher. And it, it, was, just, it was just a framework that for me, um, you know, I think we all go through life trying to figure out what is life, why am I here, what's it all about? And we try to fit in our answers into existing frameworks, and they don't necessarily fit. So we reject those frameworks. I think with Unity, it, it was a pretty good match with my framework. And it also was a good container for me to be with others in spiritual growth. 
And so that's kind of my unity story. I never, ever, ever thought I'd be a minister. That was not like one of those things. <laughs> that was not like one of those things where when you're a kid, what do you want to grow up to be? Or even as adult, it was something I just feel like God just said, do this. And I said, okay, I always say yes when God says, do this. And, um, you know, when you do that, you just got to step out into the unknown. I was taking classes at Unity. I had no idea where it was taking me. Um, I remember being in classes at Unity and being the only one that didn't want to be a minister. That was something I was pretty certain about. But I was the one that ended up being a minister. (laughs) That is so interesting because I got my undergraduate degree in religious studies in comparative religions, and I was the only person with that major who didn't want to be a minister. So <laughs> I understand stuff, even if it's not a career path, although certainly for you that that did shift. But for people who are listening because they're vegan and interested in what other vegans are doing, but they really don't know what unity is. Can you just give us a primer on what that's all about? Yeah. I mean, unity has roots in Christianity, but the founders, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, really looked at Christianity more symbolically or more metaphorically, the Bible, like we don't, they don't, they didn't ever throw threw that out as a basic textbook, but looked at it as more of the story of our own spiritual unfoldment. And I know for me, um, as I mentioned, I kind of had a, a, a non-religious background, but then I kind of pursued church and I kind of found myself in the Presbyterian church and I kind of rejected that and I kind of went agnostic and then atheist and then found unity. So I've been through all of it. Um, but I think that what I loved about unity is the stories in the Bible are our stories. So I love the power of myth. And I believe that we human beings, we we touch the divine through myth and through story. And the stories in the Bible, which during my agnostic and atheist phase, I completely threw the Bible out. I thought that was the worst book that had ever been published and needed to be thrown out. I, I grew to love it because I found myself in the stories, almost like watching a movie. You know, what character am I playing today? How are all these characters a part of me? So that's one of the things that I just found wonderful about Unity, the kind of the mystical teachings and and the metaphysics around around the Bible. But generally, unity is uh, a pathway where we generally believe that we are, you know, we are all connected, we are all one, there's one power, one presence, there's, there may be, you know, dark forces in the world, but they don't have real power as the one presence and power that is God. So God is like, people don't like the word God sometimes. I understand that. I went through that period too. So whatever word works for you, spirit, divine energy, source energy, divine intelligence, uh, creation, creator, that, that that energy, there's an energy under all of creation that animates all of it. And it's good. And it, and it leads us to good and it is in us. And so this is really the key. We don't, we don't uh, ask people to search outside for answers or for God or for uh, mercy or for forgiveness. It is all in us. And everything that God is, divine love, divine wisdom, divine order, that it's all in us and that we are really equipped as divine beings and here on this planet to to fully manifest the divine to the extent that we are able to uh, in this lifetime. 
So Jesus is considered a, a, a person who fully manifested the Christ, fully manifested that divine energy on this planet and told us that we can too. So that's another thing I think is so empowering about unity, that Jesus is not the great exception. He's the one who said, follow me. Look, you guys can do this and more. So that's kind of unity in a just, uh, uh, in a nutshell. Um, I think the other thing to mention is spiritual practice, walking your talk, not just having it be a mental construct, but to be in spiritual practice, to to live our truth, to to have active prayer and meditation, and to be what we say we are. Oh, that's lovely. That was a perfect nutshell. And one of the things that I appreciate about unity is that it's it's open, that all paths, all religions, all traditions, all wisdom roots get people where we're going. You know, it doesn't have to be exclusive. It doesn't have to be, you know, my way or the highway. <laughs> right, right. I mean, so, I always say there's like, there's many paths, but one door. And, and that door is the door to our authentic divine nature. But whatever, whatever path leads you there is great, you know, go yeah. for it. Well, I've been reading again. Actually, I've been listening to the audio book on Audible of Autobiography of a Yogi. And the person reading this incredible classic text from Yogananda is Ben Kingsley, who's just okay. such a superb actor. So even though I loved the book when I read it several years ago, I'm getting so much more out of it now. And when you were talking about A Course in Miracles, I've just finished the chapter in Autobiography of a Yogi that is called The Law of Miracles. And he explains, like a scientist, like you, you know, you're an engineer, you come from that scientific way of seeing things, that all of these things that seem like they can't possibly be, they are. They're just laws operating at a level that science hasn't fully figured out yet. Yeah, and there's so much that we can't see. I think it's so interesting that we we think that we see is what there is to see. <laughs> so, you know, even just looking at physical sight, why would the physical spectrum that our eyes can see be the only thing, only available things to see? You know, there's so many there's so many wavelengths beyond the spectrums that we can see. So we just have a really limited perspective, and it is all it is all known by the divine. It is all complete. And we are here in these bodies with these ears and eyes that are limited, and with these souls that are eternal, you know, in these kind of limited bodies. And but, we are here to awaken to all of our divine truth. And we are such powerful beings. And we are love and light. And we are wisdom. And we're, we're, we're really on the path to not becoming that, but to realizing it and to living it. Well, that's terrific. I'm looking at your wonderful book right now, The Forgotten Teachings of, of Charles Fillmore. And, and you have on the cover of that, a quote from him, which is also what I hear and teach in my yoga classes every day. We believe that all life is sacred. So just before we go to break, we have four minutes. <laughs> Give okay. us a little introduction of um, Unity's vegetarian roots. Why? <laughs> yeah, okay. That's going to be hard to do in four minutes. I'll well, do my we'll, best. Well, just intro. We'll, we'll pick it up when we come back. 
Okay. So the Charles and Myrtle Fillmore were the founders of Unity, and they became ethical vegetarians in 1865. And not only were they ethical vegetarians, but they advocated for it, and they taught this as a lifestyle, not a diet, but as a lifestyle, to live in connection with the animals, and that that was a path for us to be able to demonstrate uh, ethical living and universal love and world peace uh, and um, to develop spiritually. And and other things that the, what the Fillmore said, unity, here's a great quote. It was a part of the unity identity. Here's a great quote. Unity opposes the use of any product that necessitates the taking of life, whether it's food substance, wearing apparel, or general utility. And that was a statement that they made that declaring this is unity. And I'll say one more before the break, and this is in Unity's Statement of Faith that was written in 1921. We believe that all life is sacred and that man should not kill or be a party to the killing of animals for food. Also, that cruelty, war, and wanted destruction of human life will continue so long as men destroy animals. Well, that pretty much says it. And it's so fascinating that this was not recently. <laughs> We're talking <laughs> the the late 1800s and, and the first half of the 20th century. I know Charles Fillmore lived into his late 90s, so he had kind of a span there uh, to share his ideas, but we're not talking about last week or post-PETA, mm -hmm. so so these were, were very far-reaching ideas, and some of this talk about unity, listeners, is as we will lead up in, in the second segment to talking about Carol's work at the Spiritual Forum and also what's going to be happening at this incredibly beautiful location, Unity Village, Missouri, in the early fall, uh, World Vegetarian Day <laughs> and thereabouts, <laughs> with the first Vegan Spirituality Forum and Retreat and this, this beautiful location where people have actually been Praying, because another part of unity is is affirmative prayer. The idea that if if we, as Einstein said, think God's thoughts. If we if we can be in tune with the truth of of our being, that this power of prayer really starts to make sense, even if it hasn't before that. So unity has has a ministry called Silent Unity, uh, where there's prayer going on around the clock. And we were talking about miracles earlier. I've seen a couple <laughs> from mm -hmm. giving a call to Silent Unity. And so that's where we're going to be. A whole lot of us are, are going to be there this fall, gathered for a couple of purposes. One is to help bring this beautiful vegan ethic to the world, and the other is to help people who are in spiritual communities of, of, of any uh, religion, any path on earth, so that their vegan and animal rights sensibilities can be appreciated. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Well, maybe you'll want to be there. We'll talk more about that after these lovely messages from the good people at Unity Online Radio. We will be right back. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. 
our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back, everybody. It's always such a pleasure to have you with us. If you have not been to the MainStreetVegan.net website, I invite you to visit there. We've got a blog and we've got an academy. If you want to take your vegan outreach to the next level, you might consider the Main Street Vegan Academy course that will get you certified as a vegan lifestyle coach and educator. We have over 500 graduates on six continents. And if I do say so myself, we have a stunning faculty. We have medical doctors. We have a fashion designer. We have dietitians. We have a chef. We have animal rights attorneys. We have a really, really incredible group of instructors. And then afterward, you have the support of everyone who has taken the course before you. So it's a wonderful family. We'd love to have you join. You can check that out at MainStreetVegan.net. And while you are going to websites, I really want you to check out this thing that we're talking about today, the Vegan Spirituality Forum and Retreat. So Reverend Carol, if you would like to give the website for that and how people can get more information and register, please do so. Yeah, it's on the spiritualforum.org slash vegan dash retreat. But the easiest thing to do is to just go to, it's my podcast website, thespiritualforum.org. And when you land on the homepage, you'll see that they, in the menu that there's a, uh, a, a category um, that says retreat. And you can just click on that. And the retreat has its own web page. And it goes through all of the wonderful things we're going to offer, the wonderful speakers we're going to have, including Victoria, the kinds of programming, what some pictures of Unity Village, some of our sponsors, our hosts. And I think you just get really excited because this is a unique opportunity. It's not a conference. We're calling it a forum and retreat. This is a meeting of the hearts and minds of vegans, spiritual vegans, vegetarians, and curious omnivores who want to share and be open and learn from each other about how to bring this message, particularly to our spiritual communities. It's also bringing the message to anyone, but I think many of us are challenged by our spiritual communities uh, as they have certain thoughts about the relationship between humans and animals. And um, we can talk later about where those thoughts might come from, but it is indoctrination. And how do we how do we move through that indoctrination of these people in our faith communities 
and bring this vegan message of love and compassion and mercy for all. That's the kind of things that we're going to be learning and connecting and collaborating on. It's going to be very unique. And also we're going to be ending with a Sunday service, focus on the animals and some ceremonies around uh, the animals and around um, you know forgiveness of ourselves and others and just being in real spiritual practice as spiritual vegans, vegetarians, and hopefully by the end, the curious omnivores will be saying yes to veganism. Cool. I love it. I love it. And I, I love knowing that I will be there and be in that beautiful, beautiful, sacred place. So before the break, we were talking about, or you were talking about, the wonderful vegetarian history of unity. Can you tell us some more? Yeah, I, I love that you were pointing out to your listeners that this was not just yesterday. Uh, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore were were in this, immersed in this teaching in the early 1900s. And it's believed that they became ethical vegetarians actually in 1895. And their decision is believed to have been influenced by the printer of their magazine that was called Modern Thought at the time. And his name was Harry Church. And um, apparently the story is he came into their their house uh, for dinner or something, and he said, what is this carnage that's laid out before me or something like that? And that was their first waking up to the fact that, you know, they're eating these animals. Myrtle had a very quick conversion. And um, I do want to give her a little Myrtle quote. She said, the appetite left me without my even thinking about it, and I'm sure I outgrew the demand for murdered things. That's one of the things she said about eating meat. But these are the things that these amazing people did. They were so ahead of their time. In 1906, they opened the Unity Inn, which was a vegetarian restaurant, the first vegetarian restaurant in Kansas City and in the United States, actually. And their their purpose was to demonstrate that man can live and live well on a meatless diet. That was 1906. In 1911, they started the Unity Pure Food Company, and this is a food company that distributed food, providing the public with healthy alternatives to meat and animal fats, including butter. So they had their modern, they had their equivalent to you know seitan or tofu, and they were there selling this or giving this out so that people could not just have this be a concept, but look, you can have this uh, as part of your your regular diet. In 1911, they had they started the column The Vegetarian, and this was a regular column in the weekly Unity publication. And in this vegetarian column, and it was written, we think, by Charles, Film, Charles Myrtle Fillmore's son, Royal, and he, he penned, his pen name was Veg, and, and he wrote this column. But it wasn't just nice stories about animals. They presented moral arguments for keeping flesh off your plate and also not wearing it or participating in, in animal exploitation anyway. And alongside that column, they also had meatless recipes. In 1921, they issued the, the Unity Statement of Faith, which I mentioned before. And this Unity Statement of Faith had a lot of faith statements and Charles wrote in there in handwriting the statement that I mentioned earlier that that all life is sacred and that it's really not ours to or that we'll always experience cruelty and war as long as we're eating animals. In 1923, they published the Unity Inn cookbook 
And believe it or not, I got a copy of this on Amazon about three years ago. I've got an, uh, a, one of those original Unity Inn cookbooks. And this was a cookbook that had all of their recipes for the Unity Inn. And it was, it was all vegetarian food. And I don't have that date on this, but I think it's worth noting that at Unity, in addition to this being a teaching, in addition to this being about food, they also published a special Bible bound in plant, a plant-based material called Keratol, K-E-R-A-T-O-L, that was not leather. And they made a statement that no leather or any animal product enters into this Bible or its binding. Um, so the thing that's really important also to know is Charles was a prolific speaker and teacher on this topic. So it's not like he talked about it mentioned it once in a while in a sermon. He had whole talks on meat eating. He had whole talks on, you know, nonviolence. And the booklet that I put together basically looked at all of his writings and I kind of ascertained the categories that he spoke about as it relates to animals. And then those are universal love, ethical living, spiritual development, world peace, and metaphysics. And how if we want to experience and be universal love, if we want to live ethically, if we want to develop spiritually, if we want really to create a world of world peace and not just talk about it, that this, we need to expand our circle of compassion to include all beings. And he was very explicit in his teachings, very explicit, <laughs> much more so than you hear most, most um uh, ministers talk about today. Um, and it wasn't just about diet. It wasn't just about materials. It was about the animals. And you have collected so many of his just wonderful writings that have to do with this. And I love how people wrote back in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, because they didn't pull any punches. <laughs> No, not at all. They just said it like it is. And here's here's one from Charles Fillmore in 1927. God is love. It is his love seeking expression in and through you that makes you question the advisability of killing animals for the provision of man, either for food or for raiment. And when you think about how difficult it must have been in 1927, 1910, 1940, to get shoes that weren't leather. I mean, I can remember what it was like in the 70s, and it was not easy. But to just know that these people were so committed that they just did what they had to do to be ethical. And I think they, they share that with the, the early vegans that founded the Vegan Society in the 1940s. This was tough. But they did it anyway. And now we're faced, obviously, with these environmental um, situations that appear to be quite dire. And we have a way out of it. And, and a big part of that is we all need to stop raising and eating animals. Pretty simple, but maybe not for everybody. <laughs> Well, I think I love I love how we talked about love because I think I think it really ultimately will get down to love and and the truth of our being that we are love. I mean, here's another quote that he's talking about uh, people on the spiritual path. 
that we must love every creature, every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, that our love must flow forth in protecting streams when any creature is in danger of violence or destruction, that we must recognize all life as God's life, destined by a wise arrangement to be in its right place whenever he finds it. Thus, we cannot in any way sanction the killing of animals for food. So ultimately, our awakening to ourselves as love, it, it, it isn't, it, I think it's just all about awakening and recognizing who we are. And I, I, I do want to say a little bit about awakening because I'm thinking a lot about it. Awakening is a big part of my ministry. But there are these phases of awakening. We go from, I don't know, to I know, but I don't want to see, to I see, but I want to forget, to I see and know, and now I don't want to do that anymore. And I think that all of us are somewhere on this path to awakening to this, I call it right relationship, but that may be, um, that may trigger some people, uh, maybe divine relationship with, with ourselves and animals, that we're all in different phases of that. And I see and know, and now I don't want that is where the Fillmore's were at that time and teaching. Lovely. And so I love that the plan for September 30th and October 1st and 2nd, do I have the dates right for the forum and retreat? Yeah, the official dates are October 1st through 3rd, starting okay. the program the morning of Friday, Friday morning. But we will have a gathering and orientation on uh, Thursday night, September 30th. Okay, so uh, when when we fly into Kansas City and we are there for, for this retreat, tell us every wonderful thing that we're going to experience, <laughs> including the food. Oh, yes, yes. Well, the food, we've met with the chef. They have a new chef there, and he's very excited to, to present a, a beautiful vegan menu. And we're going to have, I think, three lunches and two dinners. They're going to be all vegan for all the raw vegans out there. There will be uh, raw options for every single meal, and it's just going to be fabulous food. So the programming is going to be, uh, we've got spiritually centered vegans, uh, speakers and leaders, workshop leaders. We'll have inspirational talks about the connection between our relationship with animals and spiritual living as well as you know, social justice issues and world peace and all. We're going to have some interesting workshops. We haven't really completely finalized the workshops, but um, Keith Akers is going to be there to talk about Jesus and vegetarianism. Um, uh, oh, let me think. Who else? Um, Dr. Lisa Kemmerer, I believe. Well, Lisa Kemmerer, okay, yeah, sorry about that. Let me go through the speakers. I don't know if you could edit that or not. Let me go through the speakers. The speakers are Dr. Lisa Kemmerer, and she's a professor of philosophy and religions, and she has a wonderful exhibit on uh, animals and world religions. Dr. Milton Mills, who we've seen on many of the, the movies, including What the Health and A Prayer for Compassion, uh, he's an urgent care physician in Washington, D.C. There's you, Victoria. Um, and everybody knows about you, and Dr. Will Tuttle, uh, who's the author of international bestseller, The World Peace Diet. And so those are the speakers. And we're also going to have workshops on, like I mentioned, um, Keith Akers and Jesus and Vegetarianism. 
and we're going to have workshops on how to um, help get the vegan message to your spiritual communities. We're going to have Sarah Eifler, I think that's her last name, from Jewish Veg, and that's a very, very, very successful advocacy organization within Judaism that all of us can learn from, and um, really looking forward to that. Um, and we're going to have time for reflection for those who want that. We're going to have a workshop on um, the um, – sorry, I'm, I'm missing some of this in my head – the labyrinth. So we're going to have a group labyrinth. Uh, we're going to have yoga in the mornings and also meditation in the mornings. And we're going to end with a blessing of animal c- uh, ceremony and closing rituals and goodbyes. But what I what I most – what I most – really, really excited about is to get like-hearted people together who are spiritual, who are vegan, who are on that path of awakening that I just mentioned, and have us share ideas and collaborate and walk away from this with not just ideas, but new friends, uh, new new ideas that we're going to work on together, and teams that we, I'm not saying formal teams, but now we have a structure to to and a, and a following and a and a container for who are our friends in this effort, and my intention is to have an annual retreat at Unity Village. Not quite this large, not that quite this many speakers, but that every year we have something at Unity Village that resurrects and brings new life to the Fillmore teachings, and that gives a safe place for spiritual animal lovers to be and to create more ceremonies together, more connection and more collaboration so that we can bring this message of spiritual veganism to our communities and and change the world. I I love that because I think that anybody who's listening who is part of any sort of, of faith community probably runs up against this thing that nobody else maybe, or very few people seem to get it. And this is true for many people in unity churches, even though the founders were vehemently vegetarian. Nowadays, most people probably, if if they are vegan and they're in unity, they might be the only vegetarian that they know in their congregation. And certainly the same. You know, if people are are Catholic or Jewish or Presbyterian or, you know, Muslim, whatever they are, it's as if we're set apart. And what I think we can come to learn through something like these uh, spiritual forums and retreat is that we can bring others in. You know, maybe it's something as simple as having non-dairy milk and at least one vegan cookie after yeah. the service on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, and how and how we can start these conversations with people because I think it is one of the most frustrating conversations that we have. I, I you know, I live in the country, and I, 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 I know I'm not going to have these conversations with you know the hunters and farmers around me so much, but. Our spiritual friends, our ministers, our rabbis, are, you know, it's like, it's, we're like, why can't you see this? We get very frustrated. And 
we have to learn how to come from a place of love and acceptance and also be the vision and to be that light to find that is there a crack in their consciousness that we can we can maybe shed some light and 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 be a part of their awakening process but i think most of us get very very frustrated in our spiritual and religious communities and that's one of the things we're going to have in common and that's one of the things we're going to be able to share well this is work for me oh that's great this is work for me and or the, i've had this problem with this oh i can help you with that there's going to be a lot of that going on and I think that is so valuable. The speakers are going to be fabulous. You're going to inspire us. The workshops are going to be great. But I think that little in-between time where people face-to-face can be in conversation about the realities of their successes and their challenges in, in this area of bringing this vegan message to our spiritual communities, I think that's where the, the real gold is going to be. Yeah, I, I think so too. And you know, when we were talking earlier about the, the website and all that, all you have to do is Google vegan spirituality forum and retreat, or even just vegan spirituality retreat. <laughs> it will yes. take you right there. It will because find you. unlike most things on Google, there aren't millions of vegan spirituality forums and retreats. There <laughs> is one. So tell us a little bit, speaking of the in-between time, Tell us about this wonderful place that we're going to be. Tell us about Unity Village. It is magical. I I remember when I first going started going to taking classes at Unity Village. I would take them. I would go there once a year for a week. And there's something about the space. Not only is it beautiful, not only are there beautiful walking trails and beautiful rose gardens and beautiful fountains, but since prayer has been going on there. 24-7 for over 125 years, there's a vibration that is really very unique and it's very light. And there's just something beautiful and amazing about that. So the space is beautiful. The people we're going to be with are beautiful. And we're going to be raising our vibration in the center of our nation, outside of Kansas City, Missouri, in this place where people have been dedicated to prayer and holding people in prayer nonstop at Silent Unity for all those years. I, I think everyone will notice that there's something special about it once once they're there. It's really kind of hard to talk about it. You have to kind of experience it. And we're going to just be really relishing it and um, also doing our meditations and our yoga and our labyrinths uh, and our, and our conversations in that space. And I really just really believe that when you have intention and you've kind of raised your energy, your vibration, there's really nothing that can stop that. It's our, our energy and our vibration. We're going to be a part of something so special and it's going to really vibrate out and, and, and touch the whole world. I, I really feel, firmly believe that. I do too. And I also believe that Unity Village is a sacred place and there are lots of them. I mean, they're they're certainly in in the Holy Land, and and they're in India, and they're in Glastonbury, and they're you know I mean, Lourdes. There's just all kinds of places that are just incredibly special. And I know the real truth is every square inch of the universe is sacred, and yet. In some places, we notice it more, and Unity yeah. Village is a place like that. And I also feel that we're bringing a gift there. If you think about if you 
found an organization and it has a principle like ethical vegetarianism that's part of it, and then that's lost after you leave this earth, it's just a really nice thing for somebody like you and Lisa Levinson from In Defense of Animals and Judy Carmen to get together and bring it back and say, we didn't forget, we're going to bring not just vegetarianism, but 21st century vegetarianism, which is veganism, back to Unity Village. So in our last two minutes, Reverend Carol Saunders, The Spiritual Forum, what do you have to share? Oh, thank you. I do want to say I think Charles and Myrtle are somewhere smiling and very, very excited that that this is being brought back to unity. And I think it's definitely time. I also wanted to mention that the executive director of Unity Worldwide Ministries, uh, Chad Groverlin, is going to be there, he and his wife. And I think that's really amazing that we have that little support. And Unity Worldwide Ministries is one of our sponsors. So regarding the spiritual forum, that's my ministry. Um, also, wolfandthelamb.com is my blog, and that's about animals. The spiritual forum is a podcast ministry now, and I spent about two years being in dialogue with people on spiritual topics and recording them as a podcast. And now I am bringing the spiritual experience through um, authors and just—I wouldn't even say authors. Anybody who has had a profound spiritual experience, a profound touching the face of God, or have moved through the challenges of of the living in this plane and, and jumped on the spiritual bandwagon, anybody who has had a unique spiritual experience, I'm bringing to the world through my podcast, the spiritualforum.org uh, podcast. And so I'd love for people to listen in to the Spiritual Forum podcast. And uh, right now I'm on every other week basis. I'm probably going to go back to weekly. But that's a God thing, too. I'm pretty obedient to spirit. So when I have an intuition or uh, guidance, I listen and I say yes. Uh, I usually say no first and then I say yes. (laughs) Well, isn't that our human part? You know, we have to say no first because we have to be practical. Right. I I always say no, no is what comes right before yes. Exactly. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I am so glad that you are saying yes to the Vegan Spirituality Forum and Retreat. We didn't tell the story today that you and I together came up with this in a parking lot in Chicago. Yes. We got um, was put off for a year, <laughs> but it's happening now. Um, so God bless us, everyone. This is going to be a wonderful, wonderful experience. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Reverend Carol Saunders. Thanks to Unity Online Radio and to each and every one of you. God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg. 
and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.